Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. Something a bit different today on the Milestone Pursuit podcast. We've got Ewan with us, Ewan Cameron, who is fresh off a 2-19-17 marathon last weekend. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk to Ewan a little bit about the performance, his performance on the day. I think there's a number of people who would be interested in, in that. But also beyond that, there's a few things that we wanted to talk about and share about Ewan as an athlete and we're going to talk a little bit about his talent and get into talent versus hard work as, a, as an idea. Then we're going to talk a little bit about his mindset in 2020, coping with COVID and cancelled races, which I think would be interesting. And then the third element that we're going to talk about is how we work together as a coach and an athlete, because it's not necessarily what you might expect from a coach-athlete relationship and it's potentially a bit more progressive and quite interesting. So I think those are the things that we're going to cover in the next X period of time, depending on how we how long we chat for and we like a chat. So we'll um, we'll see we'll see how it, where this goes. So Ewan, firstly, you are now in Edinburgh, having raced in Goodwood last weekend whilst you were living still in London. You've just moved house. Uh, yeah. how, how does that all feel? <laughs> fresh off the marathon, but not not fresh. No, not fresh uh, yeah. at all pretty tired um but no good yeah it's been a pretty pretty momentous week um but i'm sort of sat surrounded by boxes uh so yeah could could do with some more sleep so it's yeah. a, a, a long pause for thought it's it, just check that i haven't fallen asleep <laughs> have you yeah good point have you run at all this week i haven't no i'm gonna i'm gonna go out for a, a jog hopefully later with um with Emily just to see the new the new local surroundings that'd be nice we're just on the on the seafront so I might um just I don't know something just do five or six k just something gentle just to see how the legs are yeah (laughs) Yeah. Um, and the brain and everything else because it's you know obviously what happens with the marathon normally especially when you've had a big effort so you're you ran 219 which is three minutes faster than you've ever run before uh we get tired you know it's a it's a real stretch So your body's depleted, your legs are trashed. Your brain's pretty zonked. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Certainly by the middle of the week. And then you, you've been packing boxes. So it's like, hmm, that doesn't yeah. sound much like fun. <laughs> yeah, no, no, quite a lot of the time I'd, I'd be getting, getting itchy legs by this stage, after even after a marathon, but uh, not, this not this week. Time, I don't, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, but I am itching to sort of get out and see the new new local local neighborhood so that'd be fun yeah definitely got to plot your routes put some new routes and all exactly that kind of yeah so 219.17 i wasn't there but i know that the course was undulating it was a bit windy and also there's this bit of the races organized by run through who do a really good job of organizing races yeah. in a covid secure way yeah they stagger the starts don't they so you've got and they have different races. They had a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a 20 miler. And they sort of try and get them to finish roughly at the same time. So the, uh, so the I think so. Yeah. And there's a couple of there's a couple of waves of the 10 as well. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, yeah. Uh, I certainly 
I certainly wasn't without company, but it, it was, uh, yeah. annoyingly, it was, none of that company was timed with people doing the similar pace. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're constantly was, overtaking people basically. Yeah. Well, there was, there was one stretch on the back straight where I had, um, I was pretty, uh, pretty uh, struggling at that stage and, um, it was, it was a windy bit. So I think I, um, freaked out one guy by breathing down his neck and sort of sheltering behind him for about 30 seconds right, <laughs> before pushing on, but, um, which was well needed, but otherwise, it, yeah, it was, um, it was, it's just me, uh, pottering around <laughs> yeah pottering um the, i mean to put that in context there was probably there's probably about five or six half marathon runners who ran who were running at a quicker pace than you and maybe a few 10k runners but that was about it everybody yeah. else all yeah. the distances you were running faster than so you, you overtook everybody multiple times uh, did anyone overtake you does anyone no. no so you had no one to really latch on to even even a half marathon are running a 66 or a 65 no, I saw the, I saw the half marathon at the 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 lead guys at the sharp end. Um, head, I saw them start, um, but didn't didn't latch onto them. And then what, one actually what, one of our own, uh, Joe, yeah. I saw him thirty, 30 sort of meters ahead, constantly checking his watch. I keep telling, <laughs> I keep, keep trying to tell him not to do that, <laughs> but uh, he was. But then he disappeared down the finishers funnel, so that was a bit gutting because I was thinking, "Ah, oh, brilliant! I'll get I'll get a ride for a for a lap." Bit, a bit no. of encouragement, but um, he he was he was finishing. But, he was um, done. Actually, I saw him this morning, and he said he um he dipped under seventy one in the end. Did he? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah seventy. What was okay? Yeah, because he must have had a problem with his chip. Because yeah, I don't know what. Did the they saw that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, good stuff. Don't know what the issue Excellent. there was. Um. So yeah. So that was the race. I think it's really worth going back in time a little bit to talk about you as an athlete. And I think, you know, you've recorded other po po podcasts where you've talked about your progression, but just for those who are not aware of this, if you go, we'll go backwards. So you ran 219 last week, your previous marathon was a year ago in Valencia where you ran 222. Prior to that, so this is 2019 now, let's just try and check in because the world's so mental, it's hard to know where we are. Uh, so that was December 2019. In mm -hmm. April 2019, you ran London in 225. Mm -hmm. The previous December, you'd ran Valencia in 228. Yeah. And then the, the yeah, that's so now we're 2018. And in 2018, at London, which was the really hot one, you ran 235. That's right. Yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. And then 250 in Berlin. Yeah. So 250 in Berlin, but you oh, were in, injured in the run up to that and had to take a bit of time out, didn't you? So that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then prior to that, so this is 2017 now, you'd run a 327, something like that. Uh, and, uh, and there was a 258 in between Berlin oh, yeah. and, and, and Edinburgh. So that was um, San Sebastian. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, in, and you came to the Master Pursuit and came to me as a coach in 2017. And we started working yep. together at that point. And after you'd done the 258. Yeah, was, that's right. Yeah. And it was, the brief was, I don't really know what I'm doing with the marathon. Can you give me some help? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I thought, I thought I could get a bit quicker. I think I, actually I was aiming for 245. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. I, I just thought, oh, maybe I could get to that. Um, yeah. I remember you kind of, 
looking a little skeptical at me, going, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, that, that, at that point, that would be because two fifty eight to two forty five is a big jump. Yeah, 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 um, and it and it proved to be a big jump, but but maybe without that injury going into Berlin, it, it could have been possible. But no, you're right. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just teasing. It. Yeah, I'm not, I'm <laughs> at, at the time, at the time, it did feel like a big, big stretch. It was a big stretch. So yeah. Yeah, it is, and um, yeah. and so. And also a part of that job that I'm doing there is managing expectation. You know, I'm not yeah, going to say at that exactly. point you are going to be able to run 245. However, as that training block went on, I remember looking at what you were doing and thinking, hmm, okay, there's a bit more in this guy than than I would previously have imagined for someone who's run a 327 and a 258. And you were definitely in shape pre that injury to run mm. under 245. So the 250 in terms of that progression is a little misleading because actually you were probably in low 240s shape at that point. Mm. But if you go even further back to your youth, mm. you were a high caliber athlete as a, as a at school, weren't you? Yeah, I was um, at cross country. Um, certainly I didn't have as much of that talent on the track um, or enthusiasm one of the others right, or, okay. or, or both yeah I used to love love the slightly longer stuff and the, the cross country um and did all right you know I was um Kent champ and um and then well I thought I thought I thought I was on for a good race in the nationals and didn't do quite as well as I hoped but but I think I came in at 14th and this is under in the nationals yeah, that was under 18. So um, I guess I, I started aged, must have been, I was doing GCSEs because I was in the sort of in the top squad at um, sort of the, the, the second or, th- or third runner of the school quite at a quite young age. Um, and then in, in my top year, I was, yeah, sort of the, um, training on my own, really. Yeah. <laughs> so second last year, I had um, a close friend who, um, we used, who who would always come ahead of me, uh, who, who always sort of stretched me, and then uh, and then he he moved on, he he left um, moved moved on to uni, and then yeah got Kent Champs, ran that nationals, um, and then took a a, a bit of a break from <laughs> for twenty years, <laughs> <laughs> 17, 17, I think. Oh I think. okay, yeah, sorry, seventeen. Yeah, so um, and we've talked you've talked about that in other places. So you came back. Yeah, yeah. Is Emily, your, your now wife, who yeah. your girlfriend at the time, persuaded you to get back into running for some reason? Um, I think she was bored of me talking about how I used to be a good runner. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you put, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. So she signed me up to Edinburgh and then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the Edinburgh Marathon <laughs> 20, 2015, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 You were running it, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. You were down, down, way down the road. <laughs> yeah. I beat you. I beat you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that didn't last long, did it? 20- well, I'm, now, I'm now living on that course, actually. So it would probably a couple of miles from where where we both finished. You, yeah. You so probably, just a long uh, way from Musselburgh at the race course or the school. Yeah. 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 Indeed. Oh, so you're going to have to do that again. <laughs> we'll worry about that a bit later. So the, I think the interesting thing that we're into there is about obviously you carry some talent, right? So there's a lot of people will say that the best runners, the best athletes are genetically gifted, as in they have something in their physiology you are provided with that enables you to be a better runner than others. And you knew that because you were good at school. 
not everybody does. There are plenty of people who may well be as physiologically gifted as you that never discover it. But you, yeah, you, my, you... my parents, my parents never discovered it, right? In that they, I don't come from a family of, well, I come from parents who seem to have a lot of energy, but they're not sporty in any way and yeah. haven't been. So, yeah, um, there's got to be others, many others out there in a similar situation, right? Yeah, definitely. And it's just about trying to find it. But I think where what I think is really interesting is that that old sort of analogy or that old thought of, well, hard work is still more important than talent and hard work trumps talent, especially if talent doesn't work hard and, you know, all those types of cliches. And I look at it slightly differently in that talent is obviously something in running. It comes down to, you know, what you're gifted physiologically and how you're gifted and what you're given. But you still need to apply effort. And when when you apply effort, you become skilled. And that's effectively the sort of journey you go on, that you the talent plus the effort creates skill. And that's true of any sport. So if you, you know, you in ball sport, if you've got good hand-eye coordination and you apply yourself in training, you will develop skills that make you different and unique and capable of competing. And I think it's the same in running. But once you've got that skill, you still need to apply effort because that's when you start to go and actually achieve stuff. And I think that's what you've done. So I think if you look back, you go, okay, so... You were clearly talented. You were talented from a young age. You, you did nothing for 17 years. You didn't apply your effort at all. And you, your skill level dropped. You came back and you steadily put in more effort and you steadily increased your skills to the point where now you're highly skilled and you're putting in effort at this point and now you're achieving stuff. You're getting to be you know, an elite runner, 219, because you've developed your skills and you've put the effort in. I think so. And I, I guess circumstance plays a big part in it as well just um what else you've got going on in life where you know you can afford the time and the the space to do it so i think it those those things coming together i guess is a is a a healthy mix (laughs) yeah but i I think that's right and obviously we have to have an availability to train and a capability of recovery and all those kind of stuff that Mm. and, and life is a big factor in that and whoever I coach and whoever you coach, we have that conversation, you know, what can you afford to do both in terms of the training effort and how are you going to recover? How stressful is your life? How busy is your life is, re- is really critical. But I think what, where I think it's really interesting is it's almost like up until this training cycle, we were still putting the effort in to develop the skill. Even when you ran 222 in Valencia, the volumes you were running were still not massive compared mm. to people of your of the same standard but now this block you did you you upped it quite a lot in terms of the volume and the effort over a longer period of time and that's the effort on top of the skill that's coming through and yeah. sort of that development over a few blocks it's not just as straightforward as i think some people imagine it which is right in this marathon block i'm going to do exactly the same as I did in the last marathon block but i'm just going to run faster or i'm going to yeah. run longer it's more considered than that yeah and it's felt it's felt like every definitely every year but probably every block I'm doing something different or in addition that um either I, I didn't do before or couldn't do before so I I, I feel like um th- that's been hugely helpful partly partly because I think that um the body just responds well to some change right yeah you, you can imagine that just just do the the thing that you did before because you think that got you where it got you and 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 assume that will always be thus i think you'd plateau so i think 
I agree. I think that we've been, we've been sort of setting, building some foundations and then, and then um, the, the results have sort of come from that. Yeah. And I think that's right. So I think it, the, the interesting thing for me, having watching your progression is I've never thought this is the limit, even at 222, you know, the way that you trained for that and the way that you ran for that, I've never thought that's the end. And I still don't now. And I'm sure you don't either, that run 219, you ran really well. It's an even split. It's difficult circumstances. You've trained brilliantly. You've taken it to a new level. There's still more to come because we're still on that progression. Yeah, you've always thought that. I've I've kind of intellectually thought that, but haven't, <laughs> but have struggled to believe it. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I, that, that's always been a part of the conversation between us, right? Each cycle, where it's yeah, the you explicitly telling me I should believe it, or like nudging me towards believing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I can't make you believe in yourself and I can't make you believe yeah, yeah, that yeah. things are capable. And also because it becomes daunting, doesn't it? So the paces you're running, I was saying this to some people last night. So I've run a 2.30 marathon and you've run a 2.19. Now on paper, that's, you know, that's 11 minutes difference. I mean, we know that's quite a lot, but on paper, it's not, doesn't seem a huge amount. But the reality is you were running at a pace that it, when I'm in 2.30 marathon shape, you were running at sort of my 5K pace maybe a little bit slower than my 5k pace and that it's just incomprehensible that you I you can do eight of those in the course of a marathon and that's the thing I think that makes it challenging at your level is to to consider improvement is like this is the pace I'm running at is ridiculously fast as for, for you to feel it and that's why it can be quite daunting particularly when your recent memory is you know <laughs> yeah um you know because I, I can I can still remember starting out running again where four minute per k pace was daunting so it's it's um there is definitely a bit of a fear factor there and particularly when the you know i I don't i'm not i don't have raw pace that some some runners have so the the pace between my 5k pace and my marathon pace isn't that much so so yeah it it does it with within each marathon block there's definitely that daunting fear factor thing where you're you're always kind of going well how am I going to do that (laughs) (laughs) and then and then and then as things start to click and closer to the time you start to see little green green shoots that suggest it might be possible (laughs) yeah yeah but um but it's still it's it's still always a leap it feels like a leap it's a normalization process isn't it so you're in it Mm. and if and if you look at it on paper and if you're not quite in that shape you're going oh my god that looks really daunting but as soon as you start doing it it starts to feel normal and also it depends on who you train with so you're doing quite a lot of training with Paul Martelletti this time who yeah most people know but he's a 217-ish marathon runner he's run 216 before and he's always in good shape and he's a perfect training partner for someone like you because he likes working with other people too and you find yourself holding that pace because you're holding that pace with somebody else. It makes it feel a little easier. Yeah, definitely. That's, that was a huge, huge benefit of this this cycle, and just makes it more fun as well. And you don't you don't feel the the, the pain as much. So you, yeah, and then you you come out of those sessions and with a bit of a spring in your step because you managed to keep up with a very rapid chap who yeah. you've always sort of seen in the distance so well yeah and I'll, I'll remind you of the time when we, we did the victoria park harriers club 10 i think it was and you were in good shape and we, we were at the start line and i said to you and 
Paul Marders was there and he was in good shape at that point. And I said to you, stay, go with Marders and see how long you can hold on to him with. And you looked at me like I was mental. I was on the start line. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I just threw yeah. it to you at that <laughs> moment. Yeah. And so it proved you held on to him for ages and then he dropped you at the, right at the end. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. fair enough. Yeah, yeah that, that was... Um... But it's a mentality, yeah. isn't it? It's about, you know, yeah. progression and pushing yourself and, and trying not to limit yourself and put yourself into a box of this is the kind of runner I am and this is where I am in the pecking order. Because it, if you were going to reach your potential with someone like you who clearly had loads of talent, it was just, it, not just, it was a lot of it. It's about releasing that um, potential and un- getting you to understand the, the scale of it. Yeah. Uh, well, that race, the one that you just mentioned was an interesting one because that was... I think um, I think with marathons is a little different in that by the time you get to the start line, you're not you're not completely rolling the dice, right? You are making a leap, but you're not you're not pulling a total maverick move unless yeah I don't know unless you're you're uh, I've heard the Japanese race in that way that they do roll the dice even even in marathons, but but um, a, a lot of the way our culture trains you're a little bit more measured than that that race did was a roll of the dice at the time and and i think you know people need to do that every now and again just to just to see what's possible or yeah. and and just to kind of probe those edges to kind of go yeah hang on am i have i just not realized what what i could do oh it's about risk and reward isn't it so in the marathon yeah. you're not going to roll the dice because you know the risk is you blow up completely have a miserable experience overdo it get injured all those horrible things yeah, yeah. and obviously you've trained for months for it whereas a 10 mile race a half marathon a 5k 10k whatever it is you can do them whenever you want and just you know yeah then, then some of them present opportunities just to give it a crack see what see what you can do yeah 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 why not there's yeah. there's there's not much downside no yeah there's there's definitely a a, a kind of belief thread that runs through it all isn't it it's still got to be grounded in some sort of sense of reality but but every now and again it's got to be prodded <laughs> and yeah challenged and yeah pushed a bit. appropriately so yeah, yeah like I say if you did you know when you came to me and said at 258 I want to run 245 and I was like mm, okay well, let's see let's see how you get on if at that point I'd have said to you right no you're going to run 230 you'd have equally you'd have gone what is this guy yeah. talking about and you know we've taken it step by step and it's still a relatively short period of time. That's the other thing to remind yourself of. It's three and a half years. You've gone from 258 to 219. It's, you know, it's not a lot of time. And you've been lucky. A stroke managed yourself really well through that. So there's been no injury apart from the Berlin one. But since then, you've had nothing. That's really helped the, the mm. speed of that progression. Let's talk a little bit about your mindset through 2020, because it's obviously been really tough for everybody in loads of different ways. And in the context of running, we've all faced cancelled races. So that I remember you saying there was a, I can't remember what it was, a Strava post, I think you said, that you've trained for more marathons this year than you've ever run. Yeah. Something, something like that? <laughs> no, no, I think, well, trained and et- entered, I think. I, That's right, yeah. I, think I must have marathons. entered about eight or nine this year. I even got a centre medal one, but I won that I hadn't run. Really? Uh, yeah, Milton Keynes, I think the Milton Keynes one, they were dishing out medals for virtual marathons without checking it as to whether you bother to run it or not. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Um, so kind of naive how, how, how it was at the beginning of the year, but when we saw London was, was looking like it was going to get cancelled, then 
lot, a lot of people started shopping around for plan Bs and plan Cs. And uh, yeah, I think I had a, a, a few plan Bs and plan Cs that, that then got steamrolled. And then, yeah. uh, and then obviously there was another autumn uh, wave of things I'd signed up for. Um, and uh, there was, yeah, there, were, there was actually higher hopes of one that, that was being set up in a kind of COVID secure way where they um, tried to get um, quite a lot of uh, sort of championship um, that's the Rexham, runners along. Rexham one. That, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and that was looking that that was one that was that I'd, I, I think I was properly targeting because um, uh, it felt like it, it was nicely timed with the shape I was in and, and it felt possible and you know I thought it'd be quite quite a quick one I wanted to run ironically I really wanted to run in a pack or run with others yeah (laughs) Yeah. which didn't happen but um and then there was another COVID secure one at Eton Dorney that that I had in that got canned as well so yeah yeah we've all we've all faced this unless unless you were running London or Valencia last week weekend it is is the lay of the land that's that's how it is so but there's a further part to all of this isn't there which is that you you and emily both had covid in april yeah might have been march actually yeah it's pretty early on yeah Yeah. i can't remember Um, what it was and emily had it in quite a bad way didn't she yes yeah um i uh just had fatigue like fever like one night of fever and um fatigue for a couple of weeks which i stupidly ran through uh don't do that people uh, <laughs> uh give yourself a break um and emily was yeah she was just um in bed all day for three three three, three and a bit weeks off work yeah. um but we never went we never made it into a hospital to check because at, at that time everyone was doing everything they could to make sure that wasn't necessary um but it was still early enough where the the tests were in a really bad way so you just we just couldn't get hold of one so we were just checking breathing and making sure there was no issues and i'd nerdly had an was it an oximeter oximeter right yeah yeah um uh so that was quite useful because once the GP found out we had that, she was like, what, what have you got one of those for? <laughs> um, I think it was some kind of science running sort of thing I was interested in. Um, uh, but once uh, she figured out that we had one of those, she'd just check in just to make sure that it was, that, that was reading right, um, which meant that we didn't have to mm. have to go in. She, and then eventually she, got through that. Is she all right now? Is she back to full kind of aerobic strength? Yeah, it, it dragged a bit. Um, so she's been doing a lot of cycling this year, but it's it seems that the last few, yeah a couple of months, few months that she's she's been she's been fine. Cool. But there's there's a stretch where you can't you can't figure out whether it's just your head playing games with you or it's actually a thing. Because because I suffered a, a little bit from that. I really didn't think I had any follow-up symptoms but you just read all these horrible Mm. reports about people's lungs and all this kind of stuff and if you're you get a lot from running and it's become part of your life and even part of how you see yourself then yeah there's this kind of fear factor kicking in about oh god is that going to really affect me and 
what what if that's affecting my lungs and all that kind of stuff i mean i would say it took you most of the summer to kind of get over that not just the covid um and the building back up from being ill and you weren't terribly ill but it was enough to set you back but more importantly it was the confidence wasn't it It was the confidence your body actually okay it took you a while yeah 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 Yeah, even when i was training relatively solidly um yeah there was it's that and i guess it was running up run run up to my 40th birthday as well so Uh, yeah yeah that's right like oh where everyone's telling you oh it's downhill from here (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 you know you know what i mean you do hear a lot of people talking about that as a kind of well that's you know you you know you of all people know that's not the case yeah um but that it's the backdrop of that chat plus that fear it sort of uh, can play a few tricks on your head yeah and that's totally understandable and with no benchmarks as well so you didn't have the opportunity to even do like a local 5k or any of that sort of stuff because it wasn't anything mm. going on so you couldn't actually set yourself a, a reassuring benchmark and so that yeah. sort of plays into the confidence you have in your body at that point Oh, I was just going to say, and I knew this would be the case early on. Of like when when we a lot of us have trained so much on our own this year that it is it is I find it really hard to to do, do some of the sessions that you can pull off with a little bit of company and and just go that deep or and mm-hmm. or, or you know race wise like time trials definitely not not something I sort of get get out of bed for. Um, so yeah, it is hard because you a bit of you just thinks, oh, maybe maybe I'm just not that fit, or maybe I've lost that edge. So that, yeah, it's a little mix to to grapple with that I'm sure many many other runners will be very familiar with. Yeah, I think that's right, and I think you know the journey you went on in 2020 was was unique, just like everybody's has been. It's been very different, and everybody's experiences of. COVID and lockdown has been very different. Their experience of being fit through lockdown is very different. I remember saying, you know, really early on that, you know, the, the virtual racing thing, which you didn't get part, get involved in at all, partly because it coincided with the time when you weren't feeling great, but also because it's not motivating for you. You know, March, April, there was a load, load of that virtual racing and all those people were coming off marathon training, feeling fresh and smashing out mm. fast times. Obviously, there was a little bit of um, ga- gaming going on yeah, <laughs> in all of that. But... But people were running well and then a lot of people fell apart not fell apart that's probably going a bit extreme but fell right off in sort of june july august because there was the virtual racing thing wasn't exciting anymore and they hadn't really given themselves a break and and they were starting to get really fatigued whereas your experience was slightly different so you sort of the covid thing actually gave you a bit of a break and you were able to build up patiently without the pressure of racing to go into the autumn whilst thinking what we're going to do for a race it enabled you to actually kind of do it step by step and it worked quite well i i think and i probably thought that at the time but obviously you were a bit more kind of ah, i don't know how i feel i don't know where this is going and what we're going to do yeah i think um i think uh once it became clear early on that um it was going to be very hard to do much this year i think i decided right okay this this is the year i should bump up my mileage a bit more because yeah, kind of Lydiard style. Got like yeah, got time know, to do it all, all, all year because <laughs> that's what they used to do. I guess you know, being out in New Zealand before much air travel, it's like train all year, run a lot of miles, race at the end of the year, and smash 
smash out a race yeah. or, or, or two or three then. So I just thought, and because I knew I'd struggle to do short stuff because it's, it's not quite, um, yeah, I, get, I, I just suspect, <laughs> I suspect I'm better at the longer stuff and, and, you know, without the company. So I just thought, right, okay, I'll bump, bump up the mileage and then try and make that a bit of a routine and then try and, yeah, try and build up to a marathon. And then I think what really helped was as soon as, as soon as it looked like we could start to train in a very small group, so setting up that, that Friday morning yeah. weekly milestone pursuit session with with some some good friends and, and club runners, that that was massive as well because it's a bit of a bit of social contact to keep you sane, but also that gave me a little bit of structure to kind of go right, okay, this is the one thing in my week where I know I'm going to hit that and. We'll, we'll try and build up the sessions and so I was getting a little read in those sessions that I was starting to to build a bit of fitness and and some of the sessions mm. the quality was coming but yeah it was still still a bit blind um but those sessions but it helped been, yeah sure I and mean, I think those sessions were actually quite a big breakthrough not necessarily the session itself but I think like you say the social element of it but also what I was able to see when I went to the when it, any of the sessions that I went to you were clearly getting better through them, but it became to the, came to the point where you needed something more and they then were pacing you or doing shorter laps and they were trying to fit in around what you were capable of. And at that point, it's like, right, now you really have stepped up. And um, this isn't a criticism yeah. of any, any of the others and they're all, they're all doing brilliantly well, but they got to, it got to a point where you needed more and they had to kind of help you with that, which they did obviously willingly. Um, yeah, particularly when early on I was trailing Jossie or, or, or alongside and yeah. um and we were all at a similar similar sort of level so yeah so that that was um that was that felt like there was a bit of progress there and so I was with them this morning so it's Friday when we're recording this and I was with them this morning we did mm. another, another session and they were all buzzing off what you've what you did last weekend they're all delighted oh, nice. and they feel like they were part of it um, which is, yeah. and to be fair, they were. So it's really yeah, cool. definitely, definitely. Um, that was a a big part of the training, and there was a, there was other bits of experimentation that I decided to give it give it a go because why not this year? <laughs> Plenty yeah. of time to yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to give things a go. So um, some some sessions that um, were, were inspired of of other what I've seen some other athletes do or coaches like. Andy Hubdo and um it gave me a bit of steer on as well. Um so those things seem to seem to work. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they <laughs> yeah. Did, did. We'll come we'll come on to those in just a sec. The one the other thing I want to talk about in the sort of mindset of 2020 was actually this race. So we, there was a point where this the race was on what December the sixth and mm. lockdown or the, the autumn lockdown or whatever you were lockdown two, that's what we call it, don't we? Um that yeah. was from the end of October until December the 2nd. Yeah. And when that was called in October, you know, we were all a bit, well, is it really going to be released again in December the 2nd? Are we going to be able yeah. to race and all that sort of stuff? And we had a conversation then, didn't we, about, you know, what do we do? Because it's five weeks away, you're in good shape, you're looking looking good for that race and looking good to you know, be in great mm. condition on that day. Because I was going to do Eton Dorney, wasn't I? That yeah. was a few weeks before. Yeah. Isn't that right? Can't remember. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think so we many made... of these. <laughs> yeah. And then that got canned. Once that got yeah, but but you're right, about six weeks out, six weeks out. 
um, we had we did have a good chat around that because because for for chunks of the year it sort of built built up built up and then the, the you have that sort of uh, morale sapping hit even though you can see it coming a yeah, mile yeah. off yeah. you're like oh it's gonna get canned and it does get canned and um, you know the, the week after you're like oh what am I doing like, why <laughs> yeah. am I doing this yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when the sessions are really hard as they are at this point <laughs> yeah 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 exactly and you're starting to, to to do these long sessions like there was a few of them where you you know I was doing doubles and big sessions in the morning and the big big in the evening you know every now and again and even at the best of times you ask yourself in those sessions why am I doing this you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're when it's getting a bit hard and it's, you're going a bit deep so, and with this backdrop it was it was even harder but um yeah I think by that time it's sort of got a bit more um just developed a bit more of a thick skin about it as like, well might as well just give it a go why not you know yeah might get cancelled it might not like it doesn't matter no, when <laughs> i remember in that call that you know we were talking about it and going well what, what are we gonna do and I, I i'll be honest with you now i was thinking at that point there's no way this race is going to be on now i, I was yeah, thinking yeah. you know i think lockdown's going to go into january i can't believe they're going to release it just before christmas yeah. uh, i can't you know for me all the data was going in the wrong direction all that sort of stuff and I remember really distinctly like having a moment in that call and thinking, what is the best thing that I can say right now? And I just thought, do you know what? Carry on because you just don't know. You don't know you're in great shape and something else might come along. And you know, even if you don't race, the go through the training block as if there is a race and you'll be stronger for the next training block. It had been yeah. almost too easy for us to go, do you know what? Let's just bin this off. It's not worth it. You know, it's, the race itself isn't going to be much fun either. It's 11 laps of a motor racing track in early, <laughs> early December. Like that really, is true. That is true. <laughs> really, can we get up for this? But I suppose there was one sort of shining light on it, which was the idea of trying to run a time that's going to be fast enough for you to gain entry into the Olympic qualifying trial race. And at that point, we knew that race was going to be happening, but we didn't know what the qualifying criteria were going to be for that race. Yeah, that's true. That That became a a carrot that um really helped with the the motivation later on in that block yeah yeah i think i think because because we were talking about it when we were were, i remember we were jogging so oh we're just talking about the the tube after a session and um i think you mentioned that i I think we missed our turn because suddenly my (laughs) brain was kind of kicking in to gear going oh that's interesting i mean it's totally stretch goal and might may not be possible and who knows but it, suddenly it, it um there's a little moment of intrigue where you're like ah this is yeah this is, i'm a bit curious about this that's worth exploring so yeah that that definitely helped but then the interesting about that <laughs> so again the year changing and trying to stay focused on the task is that at that point we didn't know what the qualified criteria would be we didn't know what the how big the race would be. We knew nothing. We just knew there would be an Olympic qualifying trial race in March. Mm. And we thought uh, reasonably it could be quite big if they do it properly and try and get loads of people, make it a really inclusive event. It could be really good, manage social distancing, all that sort of stuff. But then we started to get signals that actually we're going to keep it small, mm. buy a secure bubble. And thought, okay, so what's that number going to be to get in? At the, and at the, that time, Obviously, hardly anyone's raced all year. Last year, your ranking was 41 in the UK. So you're not in the top 25, top 30, but you're not. And my half, 
but my half time wouldn't wouldn't be yeah. and wasn't the the pace that that some yeah. of these younger whippersnappers have, <laughs> yeah. have nailed they're gonna, who are going to step up. So the potentially the field yeah. gets even bigger. So yeah. going, okay, so two twenty feels like a good target anyway. The sort of shape you were in, and we're trying to work towards that a little bit. And then literally the week before the race, they announced the qualifying criteria, didn't they? Mm. And said you've got to run into two nineteen. Like, oh no, that isn't quite where we're at. Um, so everything kind of changed, and everything was changing throughout. So, from your perspective, you know, we haven't asked many questions here, but what? How did you keep yourself focused, even though everything kept changing? And at what you know, in that race, how much of it was about trying to get qualification for the Olympic trial race? So I guess the the motivation. I think I think my head had got to the place where I was thinking, look, you know, um, let's say the likely thing happens this year, and everything gets cancelled, and I don't get to run a marathon. Um, I was still thinking, well, you know, just just getting through the year, up the mileage, running well, training well good training group that's set up and that's running that we're all enjoying i just thought well worst case i get to mid-december and i had i had i'd sort of promised myself a taper i was like i need i need a taper i've been training hard Mm -hmm. since since christmas a lot of that marathon type training so you know fairly fairly heavy so i just thought well you know, I'll, I'll do a 10k and then I'll t- I'll just taper for Christmas and then and then I'm in, still in good shape for probably in, my body might be in better shape for next year. So you know, that's 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 something still to be proud of, given the ridiculousness of the year. So that was definitely some thinking. And then and then obviously when well when it, when it started to look like the race might might happen, and there was the extra carrot of the qualifier. And a few people involved in the qualified, they were just giving me a bit of encouragement to say, you know, just see what you can do. Just try and try and get the time or try and get close to it. Cause it, you, you could, you could get on the reserve list. You could get on the bench for that. And, and who knows, you could, could, could get yeah. in. So. So is putting things, yourself in the best possible position to be able to run that race. Yeah. Yeah. And at, and at the same time, when some of the bigger sessions, um with with Marders, I was building a bit of belief because I was thinking, oh actually I'm I'm in all right shape. I think I think even a few weeks before if someone said, Oh yeah, qualifying times sub two nineteen, I would have got kind of gone, oh damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> that's me out. Um particularly with with my half PB not not being where 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 some others are. So um so I guess, it, yeah, those, those things were starting to come together. And then, and, and because I, I'd started making queries about the, uh, the British Olympic qualifying thing, I was like, oh, I've kind of, kind of put myself out there a bit. I kind of, kind of, kind of said, right, I'm interested in this. What's the deal? You know, it, it became clear to me that the, the simple process was, well, if you can run the time on the day, then there you go you're in and um so it becomes a bit more of a simple equation it's like well okay i guess i've got to do that then <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I guess, and i guess i've got to give that a go right so 
so in some respects it was quite a good attitude to come go into a race with it was just thinking well I've got to take a few risks and I think I was saying to someone before my last marathon I'm at the stage where I do need to take more risks in order to yeah you can't you can't just expect to even split uh, you know for all your marathons to, to to be perfect and to get you know pbs in each one and you know I've, I've got to i've got to obviously get myself in shape but then on the day give things a real crack yeah so so that's kind of what i thought i'd do and uh, that so, was my head that was my head going into it i guess so, so in a way that idea that you put yourself out there had said to people in the know that you were interested in running the Olympic qualifying race that kind of creates some accountability for your performance on the day didn't it, it gave you sort of an idea that you actually need to keep pushing through obviously it got hard towards the end but mm. you know you needed to keep going for your own credibility as much as anything else yeah I, I, I'm just trying to it's, it's hard to think back and kind of go what was going on in my head at the time but the uh, as in which which of these factors was more important than the other another big part of it was just um uh just simple gratitude to you know emily my wife and and friends who were you know hugely supportive i had, had um because we weren't sure whether spectators would be allowed there i had uh some friends who, who came down and just signed up to the 10k to just just to, so they could hand me a drinks bottle away, <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah you know, i'm usually dressed up as elves um which <laughs> helpers they were helpers <laughs> yeah santas and elves so uh and my parents came and watched so yeah there's that as well right it's, yeah. it's not it's not just the official sort of you know um british athletics england athletics kind of carrot thing but um yeah there's more so it was yeah it was a mix of all those factors but but when you do put yourself out there then, particularly with saying well like, okay i think i'm in the shame this is what i'm going to try and do yeah, there is a bit more of accountability. You 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 do kind of feel around the way of right, okay, put put up or shut up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and you got really close to putting. Yeah, up. <laughs> yeah. Now you need to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that's right. I I was um eighteen seconds from getting under that. So there, there it is. There it is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't get in um, off the bat. Maybe if someone drops out, yeah, there's a chance. But they've they've, they've quite quite rightly got to follow the the process that they set out. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I think you did really well throughout the whole of 2020, really. I mean, despite what I said earlier about how much you struggled confidence-wise coming back into it after the illness, and you weren't quite sure where you get get getting to. But it was, you know, the thing that I say to you a lot and I say to everybody a lot, boring everybody, but it's the controlling the controllables. There's so much in our world at the moment that we just don't have any control over that influences mm. us. We have to deal with that in a, in a way, but you have to deal with it by focusing on the things you can control. And that's what you did. The race was still on. So let's continue training. We can train in different ways. We can get a group to help us to become better. You can train with Marders to get better. You control all those bits and then other things work out, you know, fate and karma and all that sort of stuff maybe it's just meant to be that this race was going to be on that weekend and you got all the people to come and support you and everything just lined up nicely if despite the difficulty of the conditions for you to be able to run a, a really fast time beat your pb by three minutes again at, at your level and that, you know that's what for me that's what you did you controlled all the controllable elements and that's why you ended up delivering that performance 
the other thing we wanted to talk about, which we haven't done yet, or we touched on a little bit, is this idea of, of how we work together. As I said earlier, you came to me as a 258 marathoner, and I remember you saying, I don't know what I'm doing with the marathon. Can you help me? And now you're in the, we're in a completely different stage where you know the marathon very well, and you are obviously in an elite bracket, having gone from you know, being a novice to an elite in a very short period of time. And our relationship has changed in that time as well. The way we work together is actually quite different from the way I think many people would imagine it to be. So it's not necessarily about setting sessions anymore. It used to be, but it's not now. Do you want to describe a little bit about that that journey and how you feel about how we yeah. work together? Yeah, well, um, very early on, it it was um, felt like I was a kid again getting coach right. I, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. Just needed a bit of direction and to be told what you know. Here are your sessions. This is what you should do. This is how you should approach it. I'd say a, a lot of traditional coaching relationships definitely start in that in that in that place, and it was hugely helpful at the time, and and was clearly getting results. And it, and it obviously it wasn't just that. There was a lot of um, steer and, and and guidance around around the edges of of that. Uh, sort of program of, of training that is actually what I valued it it was it was one of those things that you, you don't you don't think you're buying that <laughs> at right. the start yeah um, you, think, you think you're buying a training plan you think yeah you think you, you, you you're you're getting a training plan and and what is um, so that was mindset stuff so how to approach it mentally yeah going into races just uh, how to handle the training recovery it was just the 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 unknown unknowns that um uh if you're starting out uh you've got very little grasp of and and i think it was also the 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 bit of candidness as well around telling you what you did didn't want to hear at times so there's some of that accountability and sort of steer was part of that i think what how how i saw that evolve is um bit like when you're when you're growing up when you're a kid you uh you might you might need that instruction if you like and then and then you become a bit of a teenager i think and start wanting to wrestle a bit of that control back and and i think that that naturally comes with a bit of knowledge as well as because as as i was starting to um you were helping me learn about how to how to run and how to train and I, at the same time, I was nerding up on on that side of things. Yeah, you were learning to become was... a coach yourself, and you were yeah. in, into really analysing your own performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was starting to really enjoy learning, and then I, I think it got to the point probably last last year in Valencia where there was a bit of that adolescent vibe where I was kind of like, well, <laughs> I want to I want to do this bit. I want to you know I think I can improve off what I set myself and, and being a bit more autonomous and, and just doing that off my own back. And I largely did that. And then we'd, we'd occasionally catch up and do what we've always done, which is kind of just use a bit of a sounding board when I, when I needed to change something in the plan or when something wasn't going quite to plan. I guess how that shifted last year was I was setting the plan and then more infrequently just saying, look, this, this is, this is what I'm thinking. This is why I'm thinking it. This is why I think it's 
right for me and why it's going to work. And you give that a, a bit of a shape or a few nudges here and there, but it was largely, largely me doing that off my own back. That was pretty gratifying, actually, because just being able to step up again off largely my own self-coached efforts felt like felt rewarding for me and also um, an easy thing to do because I knew you'd reach out to get some steer if if it didn't get quite go to plan or or if I was going off the rails and then this year in February I think I was pretty mentally exhausted from I guess from Valencia and then trying to pick up marathon training again but it's funny at that stage I, I was thinking you know what maybe we should revert back to a stretch of time where you just give me a plan and I don't think about it. I just do that. I just do it because I think that can be healthy at times as well, or it can be unhealthy having to think so much and like tinkering with it and looking Mm -hmm. at the plan and going, Oh, maybe this, maybe that. Whereas I think at some times, it's good just to have a stretch where you, don't, you just don't do that. You just just keep trucking through something and, and that's taken off of you. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, especially if you're not, not feeling great, it or you're yeah, not in a great place exactly. or yeah. where, where variety and consistency are what you're after, not, mm. not like um, overthinking it. Because that was an, that was that was part of the the learn right. It was like oh, I want more control, and, and then a bit later, it's like actually sometimes it's good to not have that. And then later on, it was kind of like oh no, this is good. This is a, a nice balance. Again, it's it's me very much setting my own approach and um, and schedule. Uh, but I sort of, I definitely feel like I've got through those adolescent years where I'm particularly in this year where COVID has been, it's just thrown everything up in the air. It, it, I'll, I'll put the ego aside, being able to go, right, okay, I'm going to need help here, here and here. And that for, the, for these bits, I'm fine. So I sort of reach out to to get a bit of steer when when needed. So yeah, it's definitely, that relationship shifted over time, I think. Yeah, so there's a really interesting way of describing it. So you come to me in the first place as a kid, and I'll probably tr- I'm then being a parent and saying this is what you need to do, you and sometimes perhaps not even explaining why, but probably was to trying to get into that. You just get get this done and you'll improve. But then you, you your own curiosity took over for a period of time, and your own appetite to learn about your craft and learn about you as an yeah and why why are you setting this and not that and why do yeah what's behind this and yeah which are definitely all the questions you should ask and 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 help me learn as well as a coach you know what things are interesting to people i mean and everyone's different so some people just want to know what sessions do i need to run some people want to know much more about the why it really helps them and you know like i say everybody everybody works in a slightly different way you also had other metrics that you were using that I wasn't mm-hmm. um, as familiar with as you. So you were starting to use power as a way of yeah. understanding where you were at and being the nerd that you are, you got really stuck into all that data. <laughs> and Too the- stuck in. That <laughs> I had to extract myself from it to kind of go, no, no. Well, you've done that this year, haven't you? But last year you were really yeah. focused on that. Uh, and me as a Luddite, an older Luddite, was struggling with, with really getting my head around all of that stuff especially because I couldn't really see how what it was telling you was any different from what we could see from your pacing 
and the way that you were running races. And there wasn't really conflict. I wouldn't say there was conflict, but perhaps in a way there may have been, because we never fell out and there was never kind of, well, you can't do this, you and you, and you weren't shouting at me, telling me I was being a Luddite, <laughs> although you may have been. It was more a sort of, I guess, a creative tension in, in lots of ways that helped progress things because I was looking at it through one lens and you were looking at it through mm. another that actually helped improve things. And then this year, I think we've both settled into a way of working that's been actually really gratifying. It certainly has been for me, which is to, to, to help you with the bigger picture, block by block, where are we going, push and, and encourage, whereas uh, but you've had full control over the sessions. So you, you've been setting what you've been doing and knowing what you wanted to do and what you wanted to achieve from one day to the next. Yeah, and I think we've been able to look at things through different lenses this year rather than all about the quant data lens or the other extreme all about that as a field like, yeah 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 because yeah. both are valid so it's it's been useful just to to be able to sort of glance at those and kind of go okay yeah these are the these are the signals that it's telling us this is yeah the, these are the trends and roughly it means this so we should do that you know yeah. and it's been it's been a much simpler conversation and quite a healthy run rather than getting too obsessed with one view versus another yeah and i guess there's a long-term thing to all of that as well so that a, a the progression over the long term not just in terms of your performance but in terms of the way the relationship has progressed and i'm not talking about you and i our relationship as individuals but the coach athlete relationship has evolved and changed over a longer period of time because in a way we've both had a long-term mindset and still have and there's still you know there's still plenty more for this where this can go I hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't pause. Don't pause on that one. <laughs> well, uh, no, I was just, I was just thinking. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think the the long longer term mindset has been good. Well, I think probably in the early days it was just you, you had more of that longer term mindset. Of like, okay, well, what what does if what does mileage look like this year versus how do we nudge that up next year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think because when I first started out running again, I never thought it would go on for this long, you know, kind yeah. of progress for this long. No. I had probably a short term mindset. Or as quickly, and, perhaps. Or as quickly, yeah. And um and then I've always I've always felt this bit of urgency because I'm um, you know, started running late and felt like I've felt like I've been playing catch up for, you know, uh, yeah. for a long time and uh, and and then yeah, you, you hear all that kind of age sort of pessimistic chat and yeah. and you think, well, I better, better get, get a shift on. So I think I've done that. <laughs> so that's good. Um, um, but yes, I think probably the last year I have had a more of a longer term mindset. Like, okay, um, there's, I think there's still some more there. So let's keep keep being curious and, and keep um, trying to figure out ways to improve the training over the next year rather than just, you know, the next few weeks, the next few months. Yeah. Yeah. Until life changes or the body changes and yeah, uh, that's no longer possible. Well, life is, um, is properly dynamic. We've got no idea what's going mm. to happen and it changes all the time. And that's true of all of us. So having a long-term focus is great. And I'm a big fan of looking to long-term, but you also need to be adaptable in the short term and try and think about how, how you tweak things. And for me, that's where we are now. It's like, well, you've done this race. There's a chance you might still get into the Olympic qualifying race in March, but you might or not. not. Yeah. Yeah. 
but we haven't really talked yet about what's beyond and nor do we need to at this point point in time i think you know just let things settle for in my opinion anyway let and from my side let things settle let's figure out where we're at you've just moved house you're going to be exhausted got 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 unpacked first (laughs) yeah and and, uh, as you know i moved house in april and and it reminded me i've obviously moved house before but the the stress you feel stressed beforehand trying to get the mortgage sort out all the bits and pieces get the removal companies done and all that kind of stressy stuff exchange and complete but actually you forget because that bit's so stressful that you've got all these boxes to sort out you got to don't move. tell me that <laughs> you know this is <laughs> no I'm, I'm, I'm warning you that you sound like the, the 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 parents with the older kid who's like oh if you think that phase is bad yeah, yeah. well it is, a, it is a bit like that so you but it's um you know the next two or three weeks you're gonna be unpacking boxes and then in about a month you're gonna go why do we put that there shouldn't that go over there and what furniture do we need so it goes on for a lot longer than you think it doesn't obviously yeah. it's not as stressful and high highly tuned <laughs> stressful but it's a big deal and you've just done a big race and you've done a big training block so there's, there's no need to start thinking about too much yeah just yet i don't think so let's let's chill and just yeah. enjoy some running when when you can and get out yeah 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 i'll be be fun to enjoy new routes and uh, this is a, a challenge of covid living in london after a while yeah, oh, yeah. i'm done i'm done with yeah. this route yeah on a bit of variation so that that'd be exciting um even though it'd be uh, uh, a little chillier up here but yeah um, and darker l- looking forward to it yeah what time yeah, yeah. what time to get light in the mornings hello you're only um, in there one night you've only, you've yeah <laughs> this morning it was i don't know about eight um yeah i'll let you know in a in a week where i've figured out a pattern yeah cool <laughs> okay brilliant i think we'll leave it there good work well done on the race well done on the move thank you, thank you for taking the time to talk this through and share it with everybody that's the that's the key thing I've, you know as i said at the very beginning i thought there's some things in there and things in the way that you've developed as an athlete that are interesting for many people and even like i said earlier the group the friday morning group have been buzzing about it i was with victoria park harriers last night and people kept were just wanting to talk to me about you know what you've done and how you performed and all that kind of stuff so there's a real sense of you've achieved something great that and people would want to hear how and all the mystery behind yeah and the, and yeah. and you know the the club and that group and friends of family being a massive part of that um you know over, over the years just feel huge gratitude to just yeah have, having that behind me and and um it's been hugely motivating yeah so much, so much gratitude that you're gonna you've done your 219 and you're gonna bugger off up to scotland oh, <laughs> I knew, yeah i knew i'd get shit with this <laughs> it's not my fault we timed it <laughs> but yeah fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> right on that note we'll we'll, 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 we'll be popping down. yeah we look forward to to training around vicky park in uh we're sure down january so well there yeah say hi to everyone then and um we'll try and time it with a friday morning session yeah that'd be, that'd good. be good that would yeah. be good get good. marders marders along oh yeah get marders along too he loves a lap of victoria park he does oh yeah. he does yeah. <laughs> right we'll leave it there thank you mate and i'll we'll speak again obviously very soon sounds good thanks steve so there we have it, a good chat with Ewan and a good chat where we talked about the role of talent versus hard work and how you can put the effort in to build up your skills that build off your talent that then turns into performance and achievement later on. 
We also talked about mindset through 2020, where he really adopted a control the controllables approach to a very difficult year. And then we finished off by talking about, about how we work together, how the coach-athlete relationship changes and evolves over time. I hope that was interesting to you. It was certainly interesting to me and fun to do. It's always been fun to work with you in, and it's fun to see people running fast. So talking of that, the next podcast session will be about running fast. So I hope you listen to that. I hope you enjoy it. If you enjoyed this one, then please feel free to share, review, comment, subscribe, like. Uh, what else is there? Anything else? I'm not sure. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And we'll speak to you again soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.